All right. So before I share, as usual, I have a joke. I don't know you like puns. I love puns. A small boy swallowed a couple of coins and was taken to the hospital. When his grandmother telephoned to ask how he was, the nurse said, "No change yet." Okay. <laughs> I'm selling my guitar. No strings attached. I usually take steps to avoid elevator. What do we learn from the life of hippos, rhinos and elephants? Eating just grass and salad doesn't help you to lose weight. My stomach is flat but L is silent. All right, lift up your Bible. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. Influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I need you to teach. I can't do this on my own. You are the teacher. When I open my mouth, I pray that you will speak to your children. Set them free, Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Wonderful. All right. Something that this morning I felt to share, which I believe in the church, people hardly talk about it. And the reason why they don't talk about it is because a lot of times there is a lot of bad stigma connected to that. There is a lot of negative things. And I want to talk about money this morning. And sometimes it's a very crazy subject to talk because it can be misinterpreted misunderstood in a different way and when we talk about money people only think oh now he's going to talk is the first week of the month he's going to talk about tithes he's going to do this you know let me tell you this with all humility i'm telling you this when you give to your church papa's house or any other church you come from you're not giving to the church you're giving to the lord and when you give it to your pastor the pastor does not depend on the money you give he depends on the lord for his provision me and my wife we don't take salary but we depend on the lord from a small thing to whatever big stuff we trust god for so let's take this attitude by thinking way hey, i am the one who gives the money no 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 it is the lord who has enabled us okay let's make that foundation very clear i want to talk about money money is very important in the kingdom of god God talks more about money than any other subject in the Bible. And in the Bible, I just did a little bit of a research. There were at least 800 times the Bible mentions about money. How many times? 800 times. And there were 2350 times Bible makes references about money, possessions, integrity and stewardship. 2350 times that's more than bible talks about salvation that's more than bible talks about hell and heaven put together so there is something that we miss out about money we in christian circle i don't know about you in christian circle we hardly talk about it so each one live their own life and as a pastor of papa's house whoever comes inside i pray for all of you and my prayer is that you will live financially debt free 
Christ-centered, blessed life. That's my desire for you. That's my desire for our family. And I'll tell you a little bit of a testimony. Uh, when I was in my teens, which was long time ago, I don't look like that, but it's okay. But when my, my teens, <laughs> it's not a joke, I don't know why you laugh. But when I was in my teens, my family made poor choices. They were Christians. They were pastors. They made poor choices. And we were in debt. And we were in debt for almost the equivalent of 50,000 euros, which was almost 30 lakhs, almost 3 million Indian rupees. And we lost buildings, we lost houses, because we made poor choices. Cut the long story short, the Lord restored us. He gave back what we lost. In fact, double portion. Okay? But we have to go through a very hard lesson. So what I am sharing with you is not something I downloaded on Google. You won't find it there. What I am sharing with you, it's something I journeyed over the past when we got married over the past eight years and before that also. Something the Lord has done in our hearts. And my desire for you, that you will live a financially free, Christ-centered, blessed life. Amen? Let's dig into this. Money has got many names. In church, they call it tithes and offerings. In school and college, we call it tuition. In marriage, we call it dowry. In divorce, it's called alimony. When you owe someone, it's called debt. When you pay to the government, it's called tax. In court, it's called fines. In the civil servant retires, it's called pension. Boss to the workers, it's called salary. Master to subordinate, it's called wages. It's called loan when you borrow from a bank. It's called tips when you give something as an offer, as a service. Kidnappers, it's called ransom. Illegally received in the name of service, it's called bribe, which is a big thing goes around here in this nation. In Vaivam, it's called support. <laughs> How many Vaivamers are here? I'm a Vaivamer for the past 18 years. So, the Bible mentions a lot about money. The Bible talks a lot about money. And I believe there are basic things if we can understand, it will be easier for us to navigate the first thing I want to talk about, I want to tell you this, God desires you to live a blessed life. It is a desire from God. Okay, Of course, the church has manipulated that extreme prosperity. Or like a Catholic background, if anybody will come, they take the vow of poverty. Like Mother Teresa, Jesuits, Papa Francis, he has taken the vow of Jesuits, which is the vow of poverty that I choose to be poor. Hello? That's too extreme. Another side, it's like I'm praying for my private jet to fly. You know. So I believe there is some biblical pillars, there are some biblical truth we can learn. So I'm gonna just do a little backdrop, foundation. Three pillars we need to remember when it comes to money. And these three pillars goes off like this. The first pillar, I call it responsibility. Can everybody say responsibility? The second one is called generosity. And the third one, it's called stewardship. And I have given a little bit what's responsibility, what's generosity, and what's stewardship. There is a tripod here. In order for the camera and the phone to stand firmly, you need those three pillars. And these tripod, if you take even one of those 
it will fall, it will collapse. And sometimes people are very responsible. Some of them are very good in stewardship, but some of them are not generous. You see, these three pillars are very important. So if you're taking notes, write it down. What are those responsibility means? It's tithes, it's taxes, and it bills. What is tithe? What, is, what are taxes? What is bill? Tithe is God's tax in his kingdom. Okay? And God's tax always stays the same. It's what? 10%. Hello? Modi ji can give you different percentage. The previous government, it was given, I was paying 20%. Now the Modi ji government increased it up to 28%. And now they are thrown at the budget. They say if you make less than 5 lakhs, there is no tax. But there is a catch in it. Hello? I don't want to bore you out with those numbers. But I, I just want to tell you this. The tax system of the government changes often. But the tax system in the kingdom, that's why God said through his son, when you pray, pray like this. My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? We are here to try to see the kingdom of God becomes a reality. Amen? Okay. So the tax system of the kingdom is called tithes. The tax system of this world, we call it taxes. And the other taxes could be different in this world. Do you know about India? I am so sad to say this in front of a lot of foreigners. Only 3% in India pays taxes. And the amount of corruption in the 3%. When we moved here in 2010, got married and moved here, the Holy Spirit said, start paying taxes. And I said, get behind me, Satan. And the Lord said, no, I am not Satan, I am your daddy. Pay your taxes. I found a Christian auditor, disclosed my income, start paying taxes. I am a taxpayer. Why? The Holy Spirit said, you can't pray for a solution to your problem when you are still part of a problem. Hello? So now, I am not part of the problem, I am part of the solution to the problem. Now I have an authority, a legal right in the kingdom to pray into your problem. A lot of people who are praying for a deliverance for a problem but they are stuck in the middle of it. Hello? So my desire is that we will start working on the responsibility, the tithes, the taxes and the bills. What is the bills? That's your payment. If you rent a house, that's your payment. You have to do that. You can't just get your salary and go buy new Nike shoes and then call your landlord and say, next month, brother. He will say, take your shoes, you come next month inside the home. You understand? Sometimes we do that. Our priorities are mixed up. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. That's how our priorities are. You know, the second one, generosity. This is where the offerings are. By the way, offerings is not tithe. Okay? If I want to pop some of your balloons, it's popped already. Tithes are your 10% to the Lord. And it could be 10, it could be 15, it could be 20. But basically God said it's 10. And some of you may be thinking, brother, I'm living in the New Testament. It's the Old Testament you're talking about. The New Testament, God loves a cheerful giver. And I believe cheerful giver give not just 10%. Hello? Okay. Offerings, helping the poor and needy. Somebody, you buy them a biryani on the street, a homeless guy, a chaya or a samosa, or you give some, some little homeless person a blanket. That's helping the poor and needy. And hospitality. What is the word of hospitality in Greek? It means xenophilios, friend to a stranger. 
Right now, there is something else going on in a Greek word. It's called xenophobia. I'm afraid of the stranger. Hello? Right now, the media gives you xenophobia. Oh, us versus them. We are the people of... This is how Hitler even started. He started saying, Dittis Onsaland. I'm not speaking in tongues. It's German. It means, this is our land. And that's how he started his campaign. And even Martin Luther group even started believing this lie. Except Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know that what I'm talking about. He was the one who said, no, 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 no. What you are doing is wrong. So xenophobia is never from the Lord. Xenophilia, which is friend to a stranger. Look at this. Turn someone and look at They are so different, but we are united in Christ. How It's a small group, right? We have people from Andhra, people from Northeast, people from South, people from different parts of the world. This is what makes the body of Christ unique. That's what Revelation 7-9 says, I saw a great multitude, no one could count, from every tribe, every language, every people group, standing before the throne. Amen? In the kingdom, there is no uniformity, there is unity. Amen? The third pillar is a stewardship, which is savings, management and proper investment, which I will explain to you a little bit later. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats with bursting with wine. You know, I'm 42 years old. I started paying taxes almost 10 years ago. But for the first 32 years, I never paid tax. That doesn't mean I never made money. I did make money. But I was... Outside India for 10 years, I was a Vyvamar, youth without any money, sorry, youth with a mission. And, um, but before that also, I was working in a hotel management. That was my profession. I did make money, but I never paid tax. Why? Because I bought into a lie that it's okay, man. You give the money to the politicians, they anyway, they corrupt. And when you don't pay tax, there is a word for it. It's called national thief. Guess what's in the kingdom also? When you don't honor the Lord with the first fruits. And I just don't want to give you any condemnation or anything. This has set us free to live a life. And sometimes you think, well, I give you 10. I have only 90 left. I need 110. I tell you, if you honor the Lord with the first fruits, this 90 somehow miraculously multiplies. More than what you need. Amen. I want to tell you about four principles to enjoy kingdom lifestyle of money. And these four principles, we practice it, we live it, and we have seen the fruit of it. I tell you, guys, I'm not trying to brag this. I come from a very poor family. We never went out to eat restaurant. Restaurant was not a thing for us. We were poor. And my dad actually grew up, he got his master's degree in Wuris College here in Villur under a street light. And that's how he got his master's degree. And then he became one of the uh, officers in, in, in South, in Tamil Nadu, and uh, near Wood, in Salem actually. And, uh, and then he, he was blessed. But let me tell you one thing he taught us is to honor the Lord when it comes to finances. And we had a lot of challenges. We went through lack, but there was not one point in our life 
where we could look back and say God was unfaithful in finances. So the first principle is be generous. Be generous. Proverbs 11.24.25 says, I'm reading from the Passion Version, Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them and one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Listen to what Matthew says in 11 verse 42. If you give even a cup of cold water to one who the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. That's from the New Living Translation. Sometimes we squeeze so much the currency that Gandhi is crying in the note. His glasses are all broken. He squeezed so hard. And I want to challenge you, you know, it's generosity is nothing to do with how much you have. Let me tell you, the world will not recognize or remember how much you accumulated. The world will remember how much you gave. Still people are talking about Mother Teresa. Still people are talking about Bill Gates. You know, there are a lot of people who are even richer and we never know who their names are. Why? Because it's not about how many you accumulated. We have tons of rich people. Today I opened my CNN news. First thing is talks about how Indian filthy rich is redefining marriages. Like recently Deepika got married and the way they showed you know, Beyonce's private concert and everything. And I was just reading all those things. I feel like sick. There are still 300 million in my country don't have a private toilet. 300 million. That's almost the entire population of America. Don't have toilets. Still, 165 million people live under $1 a day. And more than 700 million people live under $2 a day. In my country, something is wrong. Something is terribly wrong. There is Starbucks. Anybody went to Starbucks here in India? A coffee sells for 350 rupees. That's the wage for some people for two days. Something is terribly wrong. So we have, as a church, need to address these things, talk about it, and instead of being part of the problem, I want, as a church, we'll be part of the solution to the problem. Amen? So the first principle is be generous. Number two, be content with what you have. And again, this is where many people get it wrong. They say, if I get that, I will be happy. If I marry this girl, my life will blossom. That's why love is blind, marriage is the eye-opener. Can somebody say hallelujah? <laughs> you know, sometimes people say, if I marry this, kitna sundar ladki hai. And then they get married and then, hmm, wow. You know, my wife is sitting in the front, so the wisdom is says, keep quiet, don't talk. So be content with what you have. Let me read this, what it means. Be contentment in the kingdom is not the absence of the desire for more. Contentment in the kingdom is not the absence of the desire for more. It is the unwillingness to allow lack of need or present conditions to define my joy and identity. 
It's not like, oh, I don't have a desire. No, that's Buddhism. Buddhism says, kick out the desire, you will live a sin-free life. Hello? How many of you know that's impossible to do that? It's impossible to do that because you cannot kick out the desire. How many of you like barbecue? Yes, we had barbecue on Saturday. Yes, oh no, now you sinned, you have a desire. That's what Buddhism teaches. In fact, the one of the premier of Buddhism, Dalai Lama, he says you shouldn't have desire. But his greatest desire is to set Tibet free from China. Hello? Kind of oxymoron, isn't it? You preach something, but you live something else. You go around, promote peace. He's actually hiding in India. He's a fugitive. That's not what the contentment means. It's not about leaving your desires. It's not to allow those desires or present conditions to define my joy. That means I can have barbecue, but I also can have rice with pickles and a little bit of rasam. I am content. Amen? See, sometimes we think contentment means I need to receive this. The opposite of contentment is entitlement. What is entitlement? I deserve this. I paid this much money to the hostel. What they give for me? No condemnation. Okay? I have said that also. Okay? I paid this. What is this? This is entitlement. You know, can I tell you, we, as your pastor, as the pastor of Papa's house, what we deserve, entitled, actually is death. It is the gift of God. By His grace, we receive life. So I think we should move on from this entitlement spirit. I deserve this. Do you know what status I come from? They even forgot where they come from. They are asking other one. That's very confusing for me. Some people, do you know where I come from? Hello, open your wallet and check at least your address from Aadhaar card. If you look at your Aadhaar picture, probably you will get back into you know, everybody's Aadhaar card picture. That gives you a reality of who you are. Yes? Okay, listen to me. 1 Timothy 2. This is beautiful. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Yes, yet true godliness with contentment is itself a great wealth. What does that mean? Paul talks about it. Man, I know how to live in abundance. I know how to live in poverty. You know, when we moved to India in 2010, all we had was two suitcases and one mat. And we lay down the mat. We sat on the floor. We started our life. That's how it is. And if you come to our home now, I can look around. I can tell you everything is a gift from God. Everything. And even in girls' home. Even here, everything here, you look around. Nothing came when we started with 250. Sister Roshni was here. 250 microphone. Nothing was there. But God slowly opened doors. What's my point? It's, this is what Paul was saying. True godliness with contentment itself is a great wealth. Amen? Philippians 4.13 says, Not that I speak from want, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In every circumstances, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In other words, you can know how to go to fortune or 
breeze or to your greatest buffet services like barbecue nation but you also know how you can stand on the street side get to idlis and vada and you are fine it doesn't define you amen just look at your chair and say you are so lucky that i am sitting on you because the chair doesn't define you what you wear doesn't define you you know your value does not come from your valuables your self worth does not come from your net worth amen third principle this is beautiful steward well the stuff given to you which is excellence in buying things we got a steward well sometimes you know when we got married this was one of our biggest struggle when we had to get my wife she would buy only 100 rupees shoes or 80 rupees and when she buys that sometimes it's so awkward in the middle of our date we will be walking somewhere her shoe will break and as the man what do you need to do a typical indian man will walk with the shoes and woman will walk behind but i can't do that i married a white girl so i would give her shoe and i will walk with my bare feet and i would always tell her hey i told you get that expensive shoe it's not about money it's get something that you can last a lot of people will say get something cheap they settle now and by the time i remember the first two years of our marriage we had a stack full of shoes and guess what none of them was working and now we have an agreement she buys something it's expensive but it will last for at least 2 3 years hello and sometimes we do the same thing we go get a t-shirt for 100 rupees but then you put it on the washing machine took it off it t-shirt become a kerchief <laughs> you put a full sari came off sari you know you don't wonder what the heck what color i bought you don't even know what the color that's what it means stewardship get the stuff excellence in such a way it grows it goes well let me give you a couple of scriptures matthew 25 verse 21 his master said to him this is a parable okay welden good and faithful slave lot of translations made good and faithful servant only the eng philips translation share this why because in those days it's very taboo the geneva convention when they translated they don't wanted to offend people by saying slave they turned it into servant it's kind of now we all have made servant slave and servant are two different things slave means he owns nothing everything is owned by somebody else so look it from that perspective now good and faithful slave you are faithful over few things i will put you now in charge of many things wow what does that mean everything i have is a gift from god that means it is my responsibility to steward it well if i steward my broken iphone 5 well one day god can restore that amen sometimes people will be like ah it's just a phone no how you steward it makes a big difference how you steward your clothes how you steward your time how you steward see money is not just i'm talking about currency it's the whole concept it's about being faithful you know sometimes people give you a car to drive i don't know how you how you drive their cars 
You know, the Lord spoke to us. When they give you a car half tank, when you give it back, don't give it half tank. Fill it up. The next time when I ask them, they should be ready to give you the keys. Why? Because this guy is going to take care of my property. When you give the car back and they look, they turn the ignition on, it shows the alarm signal. You know, this same thing. When somebody borrows you, hey, can I borrow your laptop? Can I borrow your book? The Christians... They are worst when they comes to borrowing books and CDs. It never comes back. Never comes back. You give a book to a Christian, it's written on the book of life. <laughs> it never comes back. Or it's marked, written, all the notes. Man, this is not your book. Hello. CD? Hmm. That's it. It's gone. Some of you are laughing. Maybe you know it or you have done it. But this is about stewardship. You know, so we steward the stuff given. First Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Wow. That means it's to steward well what God has given. Somebody else given you stuff, make sure that you keep it well. Listen, at the end of the day, nothing is yours. We are all just stewards. This place is not mine. I'm just a steward. I'll be a steward, I don't know how long. But there will be someone who will come, will take over the stewardship. Amen? The owner is the Lord. If you think like that, everything will be beautiful. Your car, your house, everything. Amen? You don't say, ah, it's the family quarters. No, whatever it is. Somebody is doing. No, no, no. It's... The stewardship that counts. Number four, do right investment, which is a divine wisdom. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Proverbs 21.5.20 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty short goods lead to poverty. The wise have a generous supply of food and oil in their homes, but fools are wasteful, consuming every drop. Sometimes people say, Oh, I am a Christian, brother. How can I save? I asked one pastor, Pastor, you have any savings? No, only shavings. In Tamil, it's more funnier, but in English, it's not as funnier as it is. But this is the thing. Sometimes we don't think savings is a good thing. Savings is actually from the Lord. And I will tell you this you know, there is a principle that me and my wife we follow, which is called 10 10 80 principle. And it worked, and it is still working. And we are living, we are not living extravagant life, but we are living a debt-free, Christ-centered, blessed life. And that's my prayer for you. This 10-10-80 principle. First 10% goes to the Lord. It's called tithe. The second 10% is called savings. And I'll tell you what savings. It's for your future. It's not to buy your pongal sales clothing. Hello? It's not, that's not savings. Savings is for your future. It's for your, maybe an emergency or for your long-term future. And then the 80% is living. But the world has a different priorities. The world priorities goes like this. Wants, needs, bills, save and give. This is the world teaches you. Get the salary, macha, let's have party. Have you heard that? Yes. You get the salary, you spend it on. Buy what you want, man. It's all about your wants. 
That's why Romans 8 says, when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays on your behalf. Hello? Have you read that scripture? You are praying, Lord, do this, and you don't know how to pray. Your Spirit is praying. Some of you are speaking in tongues. That Spirit is praying. Okay? You are praying, Lord, I need Ferrari. And then you are speaking in tongues. And the Spirit is actually praying, Lord, don't give him Ferrari, give him Toyota. Why? Because the Spirit always intercedes according to the mind of the Father. Amen? So, these are the top five priorities of the world finances. Wants, needs, bills, save and give. Where is the giving? It's the very end, the bottom. Look at the kingdom finances. Tithe. Save. It's God gives more attention in how you save. I don't know whether any of you have a savings account separately. Or you put away some of your income away. These are very important. If you don't do this, please come talk to us. It will be confidential. We can help you. Pray with you. Such a way that you can be free financially. Then the bills. Needs, wants. People say, brother, I get the first week blessings, my salary. By 11th and 12th, I don't know where it's gone. And by the 20th to the 30th, many Christians, what I call them, they are called wilderness Christians. Rumba dry, brother. Have you heard that one? So dry. Dry, brother. That's not kingdom lifestyle. God never designed us to live like that. You can still have biryani on the 26th. And you can still have sambar on the first week also. Hello? You no need to blow it out of proportions. Now I wanted to tell you something. Some of you may be in debt. Or some of you, maybe your family is in debt. Watch out for these debt traps. I wrote down here six debt traps. Number one, you are in debt when you are unable to pay your tithe. People say, brother, to give to the Lord, I don't know. It's not coming. That means you are in debt. That's a sign you are in debt. You are in debt when you are unable to pay your taxes. You are in debt when you live on credit instead of cash. You know how many Christians live on credit card after credit card? They just swipe it. We'll talk about it later. We'll just say, talk about it later. No. Do you know an average European, Spanish or a German saves 12% of their income. But, this is very sad, it's not to pick on any country. The average American spends 4% more than what they make. It's not to put any... Sorry, I have American friends. I have a lot of American friends. Not to put anybody down. Okay? An average Indian doesn't know what the heck savings mean. You were laughing about others, no? Look at us. We have no clue what the heck savings mean. Why? Because we live in the survival mode. Get the stuff, pay it off. Get the stuff, pay it off. Get the stuff, enjoy now. I want to enjoy now. Take that mentality out from your heart and your mind. I pay now so I can enjoy later. Amen? You are in debt when you are paying just interest or delaying the payment or just paying little principal or paying minimum so you are paying like minimum, like just paying interest. Some people say, I never paid the principal back, just paying interest. How long have you been paying interest? For three years I am paying interest. 
you are in debt. That's a sign you are in debt. You are in debt when you are unable to save. You are in debt when you are always keen to get quick rich ideas. I know one pastor, he had a lottery ticket in his Bible. He said, brother, this year abundance is waiting for me. I thought maybe it's a prophetic word. You opened it, shows one crore lottery ticket. It expired three years ago, but he is still waiting there. He didn't read the fine prints. A lot of people wants to get rich quickly. You know, like, if I do this, brother, if I invest this, if I do this, no, no, no. That's a mentality of when you are in debt. God wants us to be free. Amen. Let me finish off by giving you this five basic truth about money. And I believe this is going to give us a foundation of 2019. We're going to live a life of Christ-centered, financially blessed life. Number one, God owns everything. God owns everything. This metal came from the land he created. This paper came from the trees he planted. The cell phone came from the minerals that he deposited in the earth. Hello? Everything God owns. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord and everything in it. Amen? The chair you are sitting. Everything. Next time you walk into your home and you don't say, that's mine, that's mine. No. It's all the Lord's. He has given me to be a steward. Amen? God owns everything. This will set you free to perform. When you say, I am the owner, you can compare your stuff with other stuff. Right? But when you say, God is the owner, I'm just a steward. The more better steward I am, the more God will bless us. Amen? Number two, God uses money to test me. Someone said, life is a test, trial and a temporary assignment. God uses money to test. Abraham Lincoln was once said, if you want to test man's character, give him power. Suddenly people get power and they change their life. Their tone changes. Suddenly, suddenly people get promoted, their life changes. Suddenly they get some extra blessings, suddenly they change. Suddenly people start coming to their church, their attitude towards the church changes. Hello? And that's why people say, he acts very strange these days. I don't know what the money did to him. That's why some churches say, money is the root of all evil. No, that's not the Bible. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not the money itself. It has no power over us. Number three, God wants to use money to build his kingdom. Do you know you can't bribe your way to kingdom? Do you know you can't bargain your way into kingdom? Do you know you can't beg your way into kingdom? But you can build the kingdom of God by using the money God has given. Amen. You know, I was in a Ulaanbaatar. Ulaanbaatar was the capital of Mongolia. And we were there as a team, 25 people from Waivam, and I was leading the team. And we were in, in the desert in, in Ulaanbaatar. And we went to this gears, which is like a hut, which is like a little circle. And they have this pipe inside. They put the fire and they sit around minus 26 degrees. That time I was not there. I was during springtime, 10 degrees. 
that for a Vellurian that's winter. Okay. So I was there with all my shawls and everything, went to the gears and asking people, Hey, do you know about Jesus? You know what they said? Who is Jesus? We have never heard him. Never heard him. And I called my friends those time who supported me for my ticket to go to Lanbathra. I said, thank you for standing with me. Your money helped me to share about Jesus someone. Hello? You have no clue what your money does. How beautiful it will be. One day you all go to heaven. Someone will come and say, Hello, my name is Kupusami. Hello, my name is Suganya. Hello, my name is Ron. You are like, what are you introducing yourself? No, 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 no. You remember that day you sacrificially gave your 10% and your offering to that missions? Through that I came to know the Lord. How beautiful it will be when you go to heaven like that. Or you go to heaven, nobody pays attention. Huh? You came, huh? Go sit there. I don't want to be like that, man. I want to have, when I go up to heaven, when you go up to heaven, people look at and say, Wow, man, this guy brought the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Number four, this is the most important thing also. God wants me to make a budget. That means make a plan and stick to it. You see, I have an Evernote here. And it's a paid app. And we've been doing finances since we got married. And we have written down everything we spent. We have a column every month. We write down how much we receive, what's our tithe, what's our offering, what's our savings, and what's our expenses? So if you ask me, if Kiranti asks me, Anna, I don't remember on that day 6,000 rupees you gave me. I have written down here, what for? And I have told all our staff also to maintain finances. And we do this, why? Because without a budget, nobody here, we have a brother here who works in the bank. Without budget, it will never work. You cannot go to your bank manager, give me something. What do you want? Something you can give me. Well, how you will pay? Somehow I will pray. He will, somebody will call to kick you soon. Hello? To your bank manager to ask 10,000 rupees, you have to have a budget. You cannot say, somehow brother, do it. Nah. No, but with the kingdom, it should be even better. It should be one step higher. Write down. Write down how much you make. Take out the taxes. How much you get it. What do you pay for the tithe? What do you pay for savings? Look at what you have. This is what I have. If I make only 50,000 rupees a year and my expenses are 75,000, no wonder I'm in debt. Hello? That's why you sit down, make a plan and stick to the plan. Hello? So many people don't make a plan. They just live. It's coming brother, going brother. No, it's not coming, going. It's all about what God has given to us. Remember the guy who had given talents? You remember the story of talents? One, t- five talents, two talents, one talent. You know the word talent means 34 kilograms of cold. How many? One talent? 34 kilograms of gold. That's almost a lifetime of someone who makes money in their entire life. 
and somebody was given five talents that means five times life the bible says each one was given according to their ability so don't say well they are driving in nice i20 i am driving in spor santro no it's their ability god has given you are not responsible for someone's ability you are responsible for your own ability amen number 5 god wants me to be accountable to him listen guys it's very important this at the end of the day every money that you receive you have to give accounts to god you have to give accounts to god you can't just say i just spend it lord i am saved no your blood say no it's not just getting to heaven it's not just saving it's the holistic life my prayer that when people look at you and say well the way she handles finances reflects christ in them amen that's the word christian the christian means people can see christ in the person i want a prophecy over you that you will reflect christ over people the way you handle finances that's why these three pillars if we can remember that generosity stewardship and responsibility some of you are very generous i know personally i know some people they are very generous some of them i know personally they are very good stewards but some of you i personally know they are very good responsible but if you can take these three pillars make it as your core belief system in the area of your finances i am a good steward i am a good generous person i am also responsible that's why we always tell hey did you turn off the lights and fans why because somebody needs to pay the electricity bill it's okay it's not coming from my pocket cmc is paying no already they paying me less at least they can pay through this no condemnation ha huh? what does that mean it's not being responsible amen i have written down a prayer here and i want to repeat this prayer so you can repeat this with me i believe god wants to set us free financially i believe 2019 you will live an abundant christ filled blessed life my prayer no one who walks into papa's house will be in debt debt will be cancelled amen say this after me dear heavenly father help me to honor you in the area of money i recognize all i have is from you you are the source you are the strength of all i have papa i don't want to waste your money i don't want to love it i don't want to trust it i don't want to live for it i don't want to put my security in it i don't want money to satisfy and meet my needs that only you alone can satisfy I want to trust you you alone for my security for my provision for my promotion for my protection and my authority and not on my bank account I want to use my money for your goodness no amount of money can satisfy 
what you alone can do it. The best use of money is to get people into heaven. Help me to do it. In your most precious name, I ask. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray this will be a reality for each and every one of us. You will set us free, Father. 